Hey, what's up, everybody? All the fans out there for Insiders of Omaha, it's Tyson Compton here. We got another amazing guest to share with you, Nick Leishman. This guy's incredible. Uh, taking the wine industry by storm out there in Napa. He is born and raised here in Nebraska and Iowa, and we wanted to bring you, uh, bring him in studio to share his amazing story about picking lines, uh, his wine label that he is doing and producing himself out there in Napa County, uh, California. Um, got a bottle of his uh, local vaquero in my hand right here. I had the pleasure of meeting with him last week at a wine event, and he just struck me as an amazing dude, and I wanted to get his story out there for for all of you to hear how he came to making wines all the way from here in Nebraska. So I want to share that with you guys. Remember, like and save this episode and our uh, show to get the latest updates of all of our guests. Please uh, provide any comments that you'd like to share with us that we can always want to make our show better, and we get that uh, from your feedback. And we also produce this all with our own money from our real estate business. This is not no kickback to us. We want to bring this to you as a value add in your life, and hopefully you get a lot of entertainment and enjoyment and knowledge out of who all the guests that we bring on. And so please uh, like and save uh, Insiders of Omaha. Without further ado, we have Nick Leishman with Picking Lines Wine. And can't wait for you to hear his story. Thanks a lot, guys. Every once in a while during a podcast. Um, but uh, we were... Uh, what's you don't that? like today? Dang, no wisdom drops. Uh, yell it. Yell yeah, it. just scream it. You come talk at my mic. Yeah. Um, so... I texted you Saturday, I think, right? Yeah, Saturday. Yep. So I'm at this wine tasting thing, and you you do a couple of them, and, and you kind of get a vibe of the, if the winemakers there, and they kind of have an, everybody has their own style. Yep. And Nick is talking about um, has a great story, and then you know he comes, he says he's from Nebraska, and I was like, dude, I got I got to learn more about this, like one on one, because his his attention's pulled every other direction, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm like, hey, you want to do a podcast Monday? Just and randomly. Hundred percent. So that's how you got here. Uh huh. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where. That's, that so, sounds like Tyson. Yeah. yeah. So I drop it in there, and he's like, "I'm like, when are you leaving?" He's like, "Tuesday." And I go, "Monday's perfect." Uh, you want to do a podcast Monday morning? He goes, "Sure, why not?" I mean, of course, he's like half a bottle of wine in, so I'm like, "Okay, at least I got lubricated enough here." <laughs> so Nick, thanks for coming today, man. Oh, Appreciate my pleasure. Happy to be here. So you come from where? I, I'm from uh, uh, this area of the world yeah. for sure. So. Um, I was born in, in Hamburg, Iowa. My dad was doing his residency for vet school out mm -hmm. of K-State. Now, my dad's from Alliance, Nebraska area. Okay. We have a cattle ranch out there. Um, that's where he grew up, and he wanted to be a doctor, an animal doctor. And so he went to K-State um, and uh, ended up meeting my mom, who is from Kansas, right there to south of Manhattan. And... Uh, right after she got done going to Dana College up mm -hmm. here in Blair. Yeah. Um, so we ended up moving up here in the later part of the 90s, mid-90s. Um, so I ended up graduating from Blair High School. Yeah. Um, and uh, ended up taking a golf scholarship to Concordia University there in Seward. Yeah. Ended up being dumb and gutsy enough to walk onto the soccer team and <laughs> made it, which was <laughs> Dang, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. I guess confidence is key, but uh, um, that was fun. I was yeah. really in shape that year, and yeah, uh, um, but that, that was great. Uh, my time here in uh, Nebraska before I went to Colorado, I um, uh, lived here in Omaha for a while. There helped open <clears throat> this. Well, it's Dick Sporting Goods in West Roads. It was Galleons. When e Galleons, it yeah. Huh. You know, back in the day, so mm -hmm. uh, know this area well, um, and uh, ended up going out to. Colorado um, to kind of 
move forward with my science that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, wanted to do more natural resource management. They have mm-hmm. great programs out there. So yeah. I found myself in Leadville at a Colorado Mountain College at a small, really hands-on focused, you know, um, scenario and, uh, loved it. So, yeah. uh, but I always coming back here to Nebraska is, yeah. you know, home. So folks just moved from Blair after years and years to here to West Omaha yeah. and, um, sisters, one went to Creighton, one went to UNL. Yeah. Um, so older sisters catching babies out here at uh-huh. Methodist and Lakeside as yeah. cool. Doc and uh-huh. everyone's a surgical RN here in Midtown and cool. So yeah, I love it. This is this is home for me. Yeah. So well, it's cool to see your dad uh, was uh, at the event as well. Yeah. Obviously, you guys have a pretty good relationship. Little, like. They're all, they're a little proud, of course. Awesome. They want to see that. <laughs> That's pretty cool. They're uh, yeah. you know, and if I'm not, if I'm not. <clears throat> Raising beef, you know, and putting the cattle brand on it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm raising wine yeah. and putting the cattle brand on it. So the what, how did you get into wine from being into... That is a good question. Yeah. I get that a lot. Seems random. You know? it, oh, like, how, where's the connect? <laughs> yeah. And um, that is a good question. Now, so what year did you start up going up to Napa? Though? Sure, uh, 2008. Okay, okay. So, that's when I graduated college. Okay. Good year, perfect year. Yeah, it's a great year. <laughs> it's a good year. Yeah. Um, so you started going up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fishing buddy that I, I met out here in Omaha, actually, who's from California. He was out here with his girlfriend for the summer. Met this this guy. Became fishing buddies, and you know, taught him how to disc golf. He's far better than I am now. So go around <laughs> Omaha and disc golf. And, oh yeah. And uh, you know, he he got into wine um, there, and you know, he 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 was maybe his fifth harvest. Okay. He worked a few harvests in South Africa and in okay. Napa, and and he was doing the harvest side of stuff, working through that whole yeah, just the, the hired hand side. Stuff. So there's the the growing the grapes, the viticulture, and then there's the analogy, the the making of the wine from uh-huh. getting it from grape to bottle when uh-huh. it gets to the cellar, and mm-hmm. so that's what we were concentrating on. And so my buddy Jared called me up, and he was like, "Hey, uh, you know, it was a couple weeks into harvest, and this guy quit on him. Uh, he was mm-hmm. the cellar master, so he was kind of running the cellar. Mm-hmm. There's an assistant winemaker and a winemaker above him, and he's like, uh, the." Dude, I you know you you're a hard worker. You're you got yeah. a science background. Come, crash on my futon for right. two months, and you know we'll start you like eighteen an hour, which is a lot of money. That's not bad money yeah, back, back then. Yeah. So I think it was that. Yeah, just out there. Even minimum wage. Like, yeah, that was in the top. You know, like percentile of, yeah. of for seller interns. And, yeah. Um, so I went out and. Uh, uh, for two months, and I was just throwing pizzas in Leadville. You know, we'd all just kind of lost some of our, our jobs there in the recession. Yeah. yeah. And I was, you know, the whitewater season just got done with, um, and I was getting ready to work in the ski industry. And so it's like a little downtime, mud season. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go out to, I'll come out and help you, Jared. And um, uh, I show up, and, you know, they're like, you laugh and you smile and you work 90. 95 hour weeks and I'm like, well, I'm from the Midwest. Yeah. It's like kind of, kind yeah. of what we do. Don't like to ask and questions. Yeah. They're like, would you come back? I'm like, yeah. sure. This is a, this is a fun seasonal job. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, a little more romantic than wheat, corn, milosaur. Um, <laughs> it's a little sexier. Yeah. A little, it's, <laughs> and it's beautiful. And a yeah. lot of these, uh, these, these winemakers I work for that are, you know, French and yeah. all over, they're like, you know, Nick, they don't, they don't grow beautiful, you know, yeah. wine in ugly places. They I'm don't. Like, oh, you're right. They really don't. Quite nice out here. <laughs> yeah. You know, less than what two percent of the terrestrial world is Mediterranean climate or warmer, and and, and Napa falls in that zone, and never quite lived in an, in an ecosystem quite like that. Yeah, um, and uh, really cool. That's yeah. a national park for farmers out there. Kind oh, of, yeah, you know, a lot of stuff can grow. I loved how you. I, I would consider myself a mid-range wine enthusiast. I love the whole process of it. I like, I like learning about it. 
but am I, am I, is my palate super refined? No. But I loved how you referenced, I mean, f- people growing grapes are farmers. And I was like, holy. I mean, mine was blown for a second. I was like, man. And it just made me think about, you know, brought back to Nebraska and just, you know, it just was a different angle to look at the wine industry. And I don't know, explain that a little bit because, like, you've done both now and are doing both kind of in different periods. Like, what talked about, like, the kind of mindset of the different pieces of those. Of, you kind of talk about the three different phases of it. Oh, totally. Well, the – I mean, the tractors are a little smaller. Um, okay. You go yeah. between those, those rows. Yeah, um, yeah true. A little smaller. Uh, but it's very um, – well, when you're in an artery of an industry at anything, you're going to see the density of it. And, yeah. you know, there's, you know, it's just very ag based, you know, and I, yeah. I, I noticed that really early and quick. I'm like, this is very familiar. Yeah. It's a little different weather, yeah. moisture. Yeah. You did a lot of soil uh, contents. Exactly. Um, they're a lot less muddy and dirty, you know, a little bit, but, um, okay. uh, but a smaller, you know, concentration. Um, really neat. Uh, now, a lot of times in ag, we, you know, you, you go for hot, you know, a quality and yield and, um, and, you know, that's, that's, you know, it's all about rich soils and, you know, a lot of water and a lot of sunlight and yeah. grow up big and strong and well. And, um, and vines are a little different, you know, they're, they, they really excel when they're stressed, you know, and they don't huh. have that much water and, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're growing in rougher soils that aren't, you know, they're, and that's something that is that why you see I, them on mountainsides and stuff a lot? Oh yeah, that's you know it's it's tougher to grow there, and, yeah. and if that vine's not gonna, if it has everything it needs, it ain't gonna, gonna um, worry about dying. You know, I, I what why why my stress? Do you want here's yeah here's some grapes, man. Um, yeah, that vine is stressed <laughs> out a bit. You know, yeah. that vine's like, oh man, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna die. Like maybe I'm gonna you know, and your only your only job on this planet really is, is flora and fauna is to get your genetics on right. right? And, uh, yeah, right. So that grapes like, oh my god, I have to talk some it? bird, some mammal into yeah. coming and taking my genetic. I gotta just like a big bright flower, you know, like yeah. bright flavors and fruit like attract and, and yeah. get my do my do my job. And uh, I didn't. That, I thought that I was like, oh my god, that's cool. And yeah, that is that really is, cool. That's something I didn't fully know, which was just one of those things of the the industry. It's like a, an onion, you know. It's you keep the layers and layers and layers, and oh, and if this ever gets boring or monotonous, that's my fault. Yeah, um, right. It's yours too, I guess. Because curious, then, just randomly, what are the predators of the grape? I mean, like, what are they? Oh, you always know when the grapes are getting really close to ready. The the <laughs> the turkeys and the bears, they'll get in there. Oh, um, no, for sure. Huh? How do you um, keep them away? Fences, um, attentive humans. Yeah. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Just a lot of movement. A movement Dogs. Helps, yeah. Dogs. Now, just like a lot of things, we can have a lot of uh, uh, bird damage too. Yeah. Uh, Birds, but I was so, thinking, yeah. yeah, you'll have a uh, um, like. <laughs> I always want to say flashaboo because I do a lot of a uh, fly fishing too. Yeah. But uh, it's just big streamers, you know, bright. Oh they, yeah. You know, just to like keep the, the mylar landing. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just uh, and then they'll have these big like it looks like a beach volleyball that's all yellow, but it'll yeah. have a big white and a red eye. So yeah. they see an eye. And okay. um, when I was in New Zealand uh, working a harvest, um, I've done. 15 now in Napa and uh, did one in New Zealand in 2015. They would have the poppers is boom, like boom, and just, I just scare the birds. And uh, man, I, I, I loved it because a lot of the people didn't care for it. I was just like, man, it's like opening weekend. Open season, yeah, shotgun yeah, great. going on yeah, everywhere. Yeah. excited a little yeah. bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I thought that was cool. But, you know, that, that is the thing where you do have some damage. And, uh, um, you know, the goal is to, um, 
for not to happen. Even if you have a little damage, now they're breaking up the skins, and now there's open air to juice, there's oxidation, there's yep. volatile yeah. acidities, the bad stuff we won't want. So um, just like anything, uh, attention to detail and, you know, aim small, miss small. And what, is your, what are you trying to do now? Like, what are you doing with, with wine? Um, I am... I started a small label myself, uh, which is called. It's called Picking Lines. Yep. Um, right. Which is. Yeah. yeah showcase. Yeah. Okay. Which is you know I get questioned a lot like what is what does that mean and yeah and that's good kind of because I want people that means they're they're honestly asking and yeah. um, I uh, I could have called it my last name Leishman Sellers and I don't which like sounds it. good it's fine it like a wine brand. nothing yeah. wrong with yeah. a name yeah. it just yeah. tells me who's passionate enough yeah. to do it yeah um, but you know I uh, I think. The, uh, I guess I'm telling a story. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So, um, in my life, you know, uh, with with wine, it started right when I um, kind of also started uh, river guiding and mountain guiding mm-hmm. and ski industry, and um, so it kind of is all kind of meshed along together. And mm-hmm. uh, so, it's picking lines is just a term yeah. that we use, mm-hmm. and um, you you pick your line down the ski hill, you pick your line. Down oh, the rapid, yeah. down the river, you pick your line in the grocery store, yeah. uh, golf hunting green. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's a it's a term we use a mm-hmm. lot. And you know, this last Olympics and the Winter Olympics, I loved it because I think there was one day there. I, I think I heard it four or five times from the Just announcers. Pick oh, a line. Picked, pick a, a, picked a very clean line yes. right there. <laughs> oh, he's picking very pure lines. I'm like, oh, they're saying, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So it's just you know, and it's something you don't hear a lot of if you're not on the mountain and river or something, right. but, um, it, uh, well, yeah. it also evokes a lot longer conversation. I mean, that's a lot deeper conversation about picking lines about how you've kind of navigated life and yeah. Yeah. You know. You're gonna, you're gonna make a educated decision or just a decision, you know, yes. sometimes on feel like, uh, oh, I think this is what I should yeah. do, or this yeah. is, you know, so, you know, we all, we're always picking our lines and, um, uh, yeah, it's, for me, it's life's a, big book there's a lot of chapters yeah. and um i think this is a fun way for me to kind of tell about myself and yeah. the story and um so it's pretty yeah. it's, it's grown into a passion for sure yeah you know just like anything if you're like i said in an artery of an industry and you get to see these things well you definitely in the wine industry have seen people get a bit by the bug and they're they're wine is food and you know there's foodies out there and when you have you start eating really good food. You're like, oh, oh, wow. Mm. Oh, oh, I didn't know. Ooh, that's damn, this was a taste. Like. Whoa. Like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like, why did they hide this from me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but they didn't hide it. It was just, you had to go find it. And um, so that was one of those things where, um, you know, I, I'm like, wow, I didn't. And I didn't, before I my first day walking into the cellar um, in 2008 in the fall, um, I did not know much about wine at all. Now, mm. I think having a passion and love of beer definitely helps, you know, as <laughs> yeah. an intro. Yeah. Right. You know, then, because you get to the point where, little yeah. bit of oh, we want to yeah. talk about, you know, we're going to drink Krolsch's and Pilsner's for lunch and yeah. save the IPAs and the stouts and, you know, the Doppelbecks for dinner or yeah. what, you know, you, you know, people get nerdy and they yeah, totally, to, yeah. They want beer is food, spirits are food too. Yeah. And yeah. What do you like? And so, I just kind of kept an open mind, and um, of course, in, in Napa, we we concentrate heavily on the Bordeaux grapes, the Cabernet, Merlot, Malbec, Petit Verdot, mm-hmm. Cab Franc, and and Burgundy so, grapes. So to start your own label, like mm-hmm. picking lines, what all like what all do you have to do? Like, are you doing every single stage, like you were saying, with your? Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, pretty much. And after a decade of kind of 
seeing how it's done, like yep. growing in the cellar, working as an intern and, and working as a cellar worker and then to cellar master and yep. then assistant winemaker and kind of climbing the ladder. Um, you get to see how it's done, um, how it should be done and well and the yep. systematic aspect, you know. Um, and, you know, you get to the point where you get comfortable making EDs, you know, executive yep. decisions. Like, do we want to pick now? Mm -hmm. We need to press now. We need to, you know what, this is... We're, we can. We need a bottle now. You know? Yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned up. too, and to finish, not to cut you up, but I want you to finish that thought. Was you talked about when you were um, helping make the wine, you were doing for some major labels at high volume, mm. which quality control is exceptionally important there and very yeah. hard. So you were seeing it done on a massive level, but you really gravitated. Obviously, wanted to start your own boutique, you know, petite little brand to start that and and tell your own story. I mean, there's a, that's a vast array. You know, not everybody's doing yellowtail and barefoot. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, you're doing high quality, small production. Yeah, I got. I, I fell right into the uh, maybe the highest tier in Napa you can find almost, and um, I, I was at a Fantesca uh, State and Winery there in Spring Mountain my my first year and. Um, I had no idea who Heidi Barrett was, who started, you know, made Screaming Eagle as famous as it is, and just one of the, the most famous and the best winemakers in the valley. Didn't know who she was. Uh, Which means like the world, literally. Yeah, yeah. you know, and um, I didn't know who Julian Fayard was, who was working under Philippe Melka, who we were doing custom crush labels there at Fantesca. I didn't know who those French guys were at all. Yeah. Um, uh, Sarah Gott, whose husband Joel Gott is, you know, they, they see that all over the Gott, country. Yeah, and Joel Gott. And, um, uh, yeah, and Diana Snowden was there. There's, there's a lot of, uh, yeah. and I didn't have a clue who these people Adrian were. I didn't bliss, kiss, right? I'm gonna kiss your butt. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. know who you are. I just got off uh, the Arkansas River running whitewater all summer with, you know, these crazy guides, and I'm, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, respect gets respect. And yeah, I'm yeah. gonna give you tons of respect. I'm gonna learn from you, but I don't, I don't, and then after about you know six eight weeks, I'm like, the, everyone's jaw drops when they say their name. And yeah. apparently, these you know, I kind of started learning like, yeah. oh, I got lucky, and I started at a very high tier. Yeah. And um, thank you, buddy Jared, for getting me there. But, yeah, uh, seriously. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, it, uh, yeah, when you when you get that point, and you know, you're learning, and um, you're like, I get this and this. I know why we're doing this. Yeah. What do you What are you doing this for? Like yeah. exactly, and. If you just lay it out like that, they're oh boom, and they'll, they'll you know you get exactly. to learn how to hit home runs from all stars. So that's awesome. Um, which I got really lucky, and which is part of the reason that I got bit by the bug. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't. You can come in this in a lot of ways, and I kind of started there. And we deal with ultra premium wines. Mm -hmm. You know, these are the top tier. We compete against the world with the quality. And um, well, there's know, definitely a different vibe walking through a vineyard than walking through a corn row. At least for me. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Not yeah. a little different for sure. And, yeah. um, you know, and also the, the average for great prices throughout the country and, and then even in Napa, you know, you're dealing with fruit costs that are, you know, these, these it's, you know, twelve to $25,000 per ton of this high-end fruit. And the average in the Valley, you know, at that time was probably around seven or 8,000. It's up to about 9,000 now per just a ton from Napa County, you know, if any fruit, not designated, you know, areas of high quality. But uh, so I got to work at that level and you get to see how, um, you know, they, they work with, uh, it's all about balance and finesse and, you know, the, the things we need to do. And so that was really fun. And I think it, that having that really a, applied well for me in the, you know, after I moved on and worked at other houses and then, you know, mm -hmm. um, 
because they're very high end too. But just like as like a chef, you're going to go study yeah. and then you're going to go work at kitchens and they're chefs and you're going to learn things that you like and things you don't and you're going to yeah. you know, putting it all together for yourself. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, this you, was the migration for me. It was so do you have this. to do you buy grapes? Do you farm the grapes yourself? Good question. Yourself? Yeah. Um, I do not own a winery. I do okay. not own a vineyard. Um, half of the wineries in Napa, in Napa County, yeah. um, are what we call custom crush wineries. So okay. um, say you have a bonded winery and you have a permit to make 20,000 gallons a year. Oh, wow. um, but with your program and what you do, you only use 14,000 of that those okay. gallons. That's what you make. So you have this chunk that you're not really utilizing. So you can have clients come and use your facility and crush their grapes and have them fermented and made there and you'll get charged per ton yeah, of fee and then you know each barrel i get charged storage fees every yep. month yeah you know that are so it's arbitrage on the grapes they already own yeah, yeah. So you're they're utilizing space. It helps yeah. them keep the lights on. Ba yeah. Bills are getting paid, and um, for me, I'm able to you know. I mean, I don't have to put all that money into yeah, buying a winery or a vineyard. Equipment, overhead. My yeah. job is for me and this small label is to go hunt and go find great grapes. Really, I can't afford great grapes, you know, pay $20,000 for great grapes, but I can't afford really, really good grapes. And now I'm, I'm, I have to go find it. That's my mission. And Got it. one out of 10 vineyards, I'll go check uh, all the little things that are lined up to where I'm like, wow, you know, this is the right varietal in the right place, the right soil, right angles around the right rootstocks and clones. And this is, this farmer really That's cares cool. to this small guy. Like he uh, genuinely, you know, and, and they're all different, you know, so I've been able to snag some, you know, two tons or three tons of beautiful fruit here. Go ahead and make it at this facility, and um, you know, and I, I wouldn't have really had the confidence to do that if I didn't work under, you yeah. know, some custom crush consultant winemakers. Yeah. You know that they do the same thing, and you get to see how they do it. And you're like, you know what, I I could, I could go find things and. Um, so have the you found your job is finding? Yeah, so I will I'll go find fruit. Like this this vintage here I just finished. We just got done, you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, but what, uh, what, uh, what, what kind of wine are you making this? Cold? So I had uh, four lots that I bought okay. and I got in this year. I got a... Um, Two lots of Syrah, uh, Cabernet Franc, oh, and a Petite Syrah. And, that, um, nice. So small batch. I got two tons of the one Syrah for my River Runner Red. I got, um, oh, it ended up being about a little more than I thought. You know, that's farming. Yields. <laughs> you, yeah, you know, until it's picked, you just don't quite know yeah. exactly. Um, so another lot was around uh, five or six tons of Syrah, um, three tons of Cap Franc, and three tons of Petite Syrah. Oh, so man. boom right there, you know, around 15 plus tons. So it'll make around 1,000 cases. So 1,000 cases, thousand with, uh, cases. Eight bottles in a case? Uh, 12 bottles in a case, okay. a barrel. I usually get two barrels of wine out of a ton of fruit, okay. which ends up being about 50 cases. Okay, so. cool. It's so a small batch. Um, yeah. When I initially started, uh, I was, you know, I was making uh, 150 or 250, and then you know, eventually trying to grow it so where I can make it a viable scenario. Where yeah, where it's not just a hobby and it's yeah. taking a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because you want to, if demand catches, you want to have supply. So yeah, um, it's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of a. Um, you know, I'm still learning, yeah. um, but I feel confident in what I'm doing because of the time. Now I could have started making wine after my fourth harvest. Uh, and I'm sure I would have been fine, but, um, I think, you know, the goal is to have even the bottom 30 of your wine 
be amazing too, and not yeah. just the top third. So, you know, just making sure everything is, um, you aim small to miss small, and um, the, the quality is, is there. Mm-hmm. Now, do you, um, how do you, how are you getting it out there? Like, how are you selling it and getting it out? Right on. That's a good question. I, um, do what they call DTC, direct to consumer, yep. primarily. Uh-huh. Awesome. So right off the Tesla website. model. What's that? Tesla model. I just yeah. go straight <laughs> from the factory. Yeah, direct to consumer is good. You, yeah, yeah. On your website? Uh, off the website, which is, yeah, which is pickinglineswine.com. Um, so I, that's how, to be honest, about half the wines are kind of sold right that's there good. for Highest people in Napa. And, yeah. and, you know, friends and family, they're like, boom, send it. And yeah. um, I will go ahead and ship those wines. Um, but I want to... Uh, God, convenience is one of the wonderful things we love in our life. Right, sure. So for you to be able to go, you know, we're going to grill burgers later. I'll be back in 15. I'm going to go run down to the store, get the buns, but I'm going to stop by the bottle shop and grab some of Nick's wine So for tonight. And that's a convenience we all kind of appreciate and like. um, So I would love to have these wines back home in this market, you know, for yeah. friends and family. And, yeah. you know, I like the, the growth of this community mm-hmm. here. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, and then there's, there's a, a demand for yeah. sure for wine. No, the demand is definitely very high for Napa Cabernet out here. Sure. Um, but I think wine lovers love all sorts of wine. They just want the quality to be, you know, good showcase the fruit, the depth and the balance. Yeah. And, um, so I wanted to have these wines in this Nebraska yeah. market. I want them in yeah. Omaha for sure. And, and Lincoln, I feel like you have a direct lineage too, to like getting with high V being an Iowa based store. Your dad's from Iowa, you're from Nebraska, yeah. the two biggest hubs for high V and they, now they have their own bottle shops too. Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah. it's true. Um, Hi V, if you're listening, <laughs> I I will say that uh, um, like uh, I've I've had to um, since I am a very small yeah, um, label, um, it's easy to get lost in the bigger um, oh. portfolios yeah. of some of the distributors, yeah. and so I'm very happy to have a the Chieftain distribution that I have a small kind of boutique. Yeah. Um, uh, small distributor, and they kind of concentrate on focusing on certain places they know small it's going to sell well. Yeah, you that's know? good. And, and like an example of where we met at yeah, Old Vine Wines, which there. we need to have Rick on. Yeah, too. Rick yeah, is uh, he he guy knows what he's doing, and yeah. he's dialed in. And um, like I said during that tasting, I wish there was a bottle shop like that in Napa that just it's, had. People don't realize how good of a yeah wine store that is. It's it really is. That's he, pretty crazy what he said just now. Yeah, wishes it was in Napa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just see, the yeah. collaboration because they he, they have a passion for Napa and Sonoma there, and, and it comes through on their shelves you know there's and yeah. so but it's also personal for me too because i walk in that thing and there's like a dozen literally a dozen labels in there that i've had a hand in making and i'm right. like oh yeah. yeah they have this here yeah. oh, awesome like your kids, like no i'm not, i get excited i'm like yeah damn i'm gonna spend some money right now yeah <laughs> yeah yeah which i'm happy about but yeah. uh that's um yeah it's that's a neat thing so for me you know you, you gotta um move Move slow to move fast, and definitely I'm gonna crawl and then. Yeah. Are you doing this full time? I do this um, as a part time right now, so um, it's pretty hard to conduct commerce uh, if yeah. you just have off Saturdays and Sundays. It's not really designed for that. So right, right. Um, instead of working as an assistant winemaker, like I was for a winery, um, and working Monday through Friday, I pour wine on the weekends um, at a very very famous high end winery in Napa called. Uh, um, Trefethen. They're right in Oak Knoll. They make wonderful wines. They're known for their Riesling and Chardonnay and their Malbec and Cabernets. And, um, so I pour wine there on the weekends and I get to do one of my passions, which is, um, 
you know, do some tours and stuff yeah. too. Oh, awesome. Talking about yeah, because yeah. wineries are intimidating. If you don't know, yeah, what, I wouldn't know what to do. How to do? Because you're like, well, I'm going to learn something today, but you know, you're a little like, I don't have a clue what all these things are here. Yeah. And you know, just to relate and to mm-hmm. you know. Um, make people feel comfortable yeah. and you know yeah. I, I i just finished my 16th vintage i still get intimidated by wine yeah i mean shoot, italy has three thousand varietals alone i think Jeez. i can tell you 15 what? like every village has two you've never heard of there's tons of history and a wow. lot of respect to the sommeliers out there yeah that they no know they, oh i could never do that i like i can't rem- i can't even do fantasy football i can't remember all the damn things <laughs> like, I, we all man i can't remember names and i'll tell you that so yeah um but that's one of those things where uh, a lot of respect to them. But that's there's so much to know, and my my strength and background is in fermentation science and getting uh, it from grape to bottle. Um, so, is there solid respect between part that, that a lot across the industry? Like the vin, the vintner has a respect for the farmer. The farmer has a respect for the sommelier. The sommelier has a respect for the you know. Is there a good yeah. or is there like oh, some I barriers? Always liked, I always like that saying. You know, like if one of us wins, we all win. And uh, I think they all, all kind of understand that um, we can't do our jobs. Right. It doesn't like I need that bottle shop employee yeah. talking about this wine, hand bottle, hand yeah. selling it. Yeah. I need that vineyard manager and their hand selected crew that is just amazing. I excelled in Napa because of a work ethic. Yeah. I cannot keep up with these women and men in the vineyards that are just doing site specific skilled labor of you know of all the vineyard work. And the more footsteps we have in the vineyard, the better the grapes are gonna be. Right. And that's I feel like I the, the, knew, there's like a I equate it to football. There's, there's the linemen that are, you need a great solid base, a great juice, a great you know yeah. obviously a great harvest, and then like you have your auxiliary players that are really, you know, catching the attention. You know, people who can tell the story, the people that can get out in production, and like you know. Yeah, and it's it's really neat, and it's a large community. And one thing I didn't fully understand when I got in the industry that I, I really thought was neat was that like in Napa and Sonoma, for example, right about now we have about two thousand people, I'd say, around there that are getting ready to probably leave California sometime in the next month or two, whenever their visas go up. We had about two thousand people up from the southern hemisphere into Napa and Sonoma from South Africa, Kiwis, Aussies, yeah. Chileans, Peruvians, yeah. uh, Bolivians. Argentine, they're yeah. all up seeing how we make wine there. Wow. They want to see how we do things in productions. And they want to, they want to, you know, and that's great, you know, mm-hmm. just like a chef working in different kitchens. Just like I went to New Zealand in 2015. Yeah. I wanted to see that. Now that reminded me more of wheat farming and corn farming here in mm-hmm. the Midwest than winemaking in Napa. Uh-huh. Uh, everything was at such a large scale. Lot, hmm. lot, huge silos. Everything machine harvested, oh, wow. um, not hand-picked, like 95% of Napa. and just, 95% of Napa is still hand All hand-picked. Oh, yeah, wow. man. Attention Literally clippers, boom, boom, boom. Oh, yeah, 100%, man. Wow. And is Italy like that, street. too? Or France, excuse me? The, y- y- Yes and no. Oh, it matters on the size okay. and, and sites. Yeah. That's the hard thing is you can't. It's hard to bunch it all together. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, but, but oh my god! It, and I was at a medium size kind of one. It was um, uh, American owned, and which is fun because then I can actually go buy the wines yeah. from that place in you know down the road at my store. I'm like, Marble, yeah, it's yeah. great. And yeah. actually, they have it. I've seen it here in Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I actually um, just bought some bottles. Oh, uh, so what is it? 
it's it was it's a Foley family owned winery um, called Vavasor, but the cool. the Dashwood that I found down in Lincoln, and I know that they have here Clifford Bay and yeah. the Pass okay. is a Sauvignon Blanc you can buy at at Trader Joe's. Nice, I love that. I'm like I can go. That's now, cool. I'm not in my 20s and 30s anymore, and I can't quite drink that Sauvignon Blanc that has really big high acid yeah. past 6 p.m. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It just kind of yeah. gets to me. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, even the Mona Lisa's falling apart, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Time is the great equator. They got to keep storing it. Uh, yeah. Super random question. Yeah. Have you, have you seen a lot of wine-based movies? Oh, yeah. Okay. What's your favorite wine movie? I love all my children. Um, <laughs> I probably... I mean, Bottle Shock's great. You Bottle Shock's it. great. It is. And that's personal, it's too. It's a fun because, story. Yeah. Well, Hippie era, like 1970s. Yeah. Bo Barrett, his wife is the first wine maker. Heidi Barrett. Like, it's incredible. It's a small, yeah. there's small farming communities yeah. out there. Have everyone, you ever seen Bottle Shock? It's yeah. incredible. No, yeah. seen it. Everybody knows everybody. Like, a lot of eye contact, a lot of handshake, yeah. a lot of, okay. just like here. Um, in the heartland, and uh, I got that, yeah, and uh, I love that one. Um, it, you know, it's it's so good, and uh, uh, but it also tells a story. You yes. know, like our great grandparents, if they were drinking wine, it was from Italy or France. Yeah, we can drink wine from Canada, Mexico, Greece. Chile, you know, all of Chile, we all over the world, and yeah. that's a cool thing that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the bottle shock is just the. Well, it's the Judgment of Paris right. story. Those French judges yeah. chose American wines over French wines blindly. Um, Blows your blindly. mind. True story. And uh, you know, and they went back thirty years, did the same thing. We won again. Yeah. No way! I didn't, huh? Oh, yeah. wow. I didn't know that. And it's it's one of those things. Through Fethin that I work at, they their Chardonnay got entered into the wine competition in Paris in '79. Fethins didn't even know it. And the the guy, same guy, Stephen Spurrier, put their bottle into competition without them knowing. Yeah, and they won. That's awesome. They, they didn't even know. They didn't know. Wow. They got a, apparently John got a phone call and he thought it was a, a like a college friend's messing with them and he's yeah. like, okay. And, um, yeah, I think CBS <laughs> dropped a helicopter on the the lawn the next day. Like, hey, you're not. You're, we need an interview. And uh, so uh, it just kind of. I think it just harps at the That's the cool. the quality that That's crazy. we can do there. So. Recently, in the last few years, there has been a major shift in the beverage industry. People have been going away from beer, yep. been becoming more spirit heavy, um, and obviously, wine has gotten more popular. Yep. Have you have you seen? Have you been uh, anecdotally? Are you seeing that happen real time? Yeah, you know, you are seeing the. Uh, this is a statistic we were talking about. Now, this came out over a year ago, yeah. uh, I think, a year and a half ago. This stat. So it, it was uh, less than half of the youth, the consumers, twenty-one to twenty-five. Less than half of them have ever tried a Budweiser product. Yeah. And I heard that. I'm like, how in the hell is that possible? Because um, even with the seltzers, but yeah. the youth are drinking more spirits and wine. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe they're getting their carbonation from their sparkling water instead of their beer i don't know but uh i don't have an answer for that but um but yeah the the growth is happening and the demand is higher i mean you're seeing rosé is the most growing type of wine for the last six seven years oh, yeah. well, it's it just, yeah yeah it, it's i mean that's but uh, that's us we're picnic wine drinkers open that door grab yeah. that cold bottle from the fridge pull that cork let's go let's go yeah, and yeah that's kind of a little of our culture that's too. cool 
Um, so you're, you're seeing a growth. Um, One thing too, I hope, and I, and this is selfishly, wine to me is such a communal thing, from church oh, yeah, to sure. celebration, where spirits is more of like a or, or beer is more as a as a volume social, thing. Social, yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing about wine, you don't ever see me like Ben's drinking wine. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's like this. It's like this very. It's very Community-based. fluid, yes. you know, just, it's just like Nobody's really right. asking, well, what, what, did you, what did you order? No, it was just enjoying it, pop the bottle, you know, it's, check the cork. Yeah, you know, go. it's got so, that's why I love it, because it's got so much history, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. people have been doing this for thousands of years, yeah. and, then, and then people will be like, well, why do they do that there? Like, well, um, because they've been doing this for, for 3,000 years. Yeah. We have about 100 years of winemaking after prohibition in this yeah. country. If it's good enough for Jesus, it's good yeah. enough for me. Yeah, yeah. Right? 100%. <laughs> So yeah, exactly. So it's Jesus um, was a winemaker, dude. Yeah, he did a lot of things. He turned water into wine. He turned water into wine. Yeah, <laughs> he made wine. Right. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most famous winemakers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, what uh, What are you looking forward to most? I mean, as you start to kind of evolve into this. Yeah. Um, well, I just uh, kind of as we touched uh, base on earlier, um, you know, family is a very important aspect to a lot of us, and uh, um, especially me. Um, so I want to be able to see my family more, yeah. and uh, it's a big country, man. And I'm way out west, and I love being back in the heartland. And um, so, with even if this doesn't really work out, which I'm not worried about that, but yeah. it just gets me to, you know, just if I get to see my family more, yeah, that it's worth it alone. Yeah, like a um, reason to come back here. Exactly, and I and I love it, and uh, I love it when. Um, just just as, as passionate as I am is being excited about things is getting others excited. And, you know, like you you're en- really enjoying the wine and story. You get to a point where you're like, you know what? Come, come talk to us on this yeah, thing. Yeah. So it's just uh, I love getting other people excited. I think it was a a strength that I I got working as a river and a mountain guide. You know, yeah. you're you're getting people out there at a, a place that they're not super comfortable with it's dynamic anything can happen and you get them comfortable and you give them a peak experience that is very gratifying that's very rewarding just like you know a teacher you know uh, at the end of the year with their class and they they excelled and did great that's a it's a pride thing yeah so um, i just thought of a really cool slogan that you could put on your wines in nebraska like a little like a little thing over it or whatever nebraska born napa grown Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. just to kind of tie people in that that's you're from Nebraska. Oh yeah, well yeah. it is, and it's kind of cool. Um, well, you know the the, the Nebraska the, the base cattle brand is on all the bottles, yep. right, right there too. So um, oh, it says it on there on your bottles. Yeah, right there on the, the corner. So yes, yeah, so on the cattle, it's oh, on the bottle. It. So um, talk cool. yeah, talk us through. So that's your that's your this brand from the from the Ranch on Alliance. Awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that's the quarter circle spear. Uh-huh. Um, that that's on that's our cattle brand for. Uh, you know, my dad is, um, has had a passion for beef since he was growing up and went cool. to vet school and yeah. fell in love with the limousine yeah. breed genetics that are based out of France. Mm. And, uh, you know, over time, too, um, he, he definitely learned and understood the depth of Wagyu. And so we have uh, the Akushi Wagyu and limousine beef that we produce, purebred, and we have... Uh, um, Is that know, all, they all grass fed too. Well, we we will A grass combo. feed, but we'll grain finish. Yeah, um, I think that's important for sure. And oh. um, we don't sell tons of beef. You know, a few will get. Um, 
taking care of her family, personal, and, and that. But uh, really, we, we're still dealing with the uh, like genetics and the embryos and the. And, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Selling off, yeah. yeah, that's which is good. That there's a, there's yeah, that's a demand a that needs to be filled, and people love it when it's they like have horse breeding. Yeah. It's crazy. They literally yeah. sell the yeah. calcium. I've never heard nuts. that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a crazy thing, but uh, and my dad can talk about uh, cattle and genetics like the, a master psalm can talk about wine. Oh. And it, it's fun. I still learn from him. So, 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 something um, you said earlier, Nick, actually stuck out to me because I've been thinking about this a lot recently. And you said something to the effect of, like, you know, once you get into any industry, there's so much depth to it. And something that actually has always driven me nuts is, like, everybody thinks they can do stuff because they think it's so simple from the outside. Oh, yeah. Just as an example, just because Brandon is real estate, they're like, I'll just sell my own house. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, you can do things, but you don't know the depth of the thing if you're just kind of trying it. Yeah, you know what I mean? especially doing something at scale. There's so much depth yeah. to stuff. To every industry and everything, there's so much depth. Yeah. Like, winemaking, people are like, yeah, this is how they'll summarize it. Yeah, you crush some grapes, ferment them, and you put them in a bottle. Yeah. You're like, yeah, technically that is the... Yeah. Just fermented grape juice. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, but, but, like it. That's how everybody <laughs> talks about stuff. I've been trying to ferment uh, flour for the last week and a half f- out of icorn wheat. It is yeah. brutal. It still has... I still can't cook with it yet. Yeah, because there's all these little finesse things within everything. No, it's brutal. That you don't know how to do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you just like, don't know what you don't know. Yeah. It just, anyways, made me think of that. Like every single industry, there's so much depth. Yeah. And only, as a person, you can only get deep in so many things. Yeah without your capacity going away, you know? So one thing... It drives me nuts, actually, the people. I, simplify things. You've talked about before, too, is, like, not only is there thought and consideration on the front end, but, like, even on the back end, like, the label. And people... Yeah. There's so, so much depth. Talk to us through yeah, the, yeah. the label on right now. We're totally. Looking at, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think um, being, you know... I've even in, living in Colorado, I was selling wine at a bottle shop and Gunnison and, and uh, you know, and I... When you're around the industry, you notice oh, oh everyone's packaging, you know, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure. And it's just totally. it's obvious. And there's some that stand out, and some that are, you know. And also, you have the traditionary aspect where, by law, in Italy and France and some places, they have to be this. There's no, there's no, no you deviation. can't flare your bottle, man. It's because it's just it's a baseline, you know. And and in the U.S. here, like I said, we're this is a wild west, man. <laughs> yeah. we, want, we do what we want, how we want, when we want. <laughs> we're, we're regulated in aspects, but yeah. but you know, if you want to, you know. You can put all, all sorts of stuff on your label, yeah. um, you know, and uh, but just as long as you have the government warning and all this <laughs> stuff where it's made. But, you know, we call the – this is actually the back label, and this is what we call the front label that has okay. all the information. The government warning, that's the front label. Uh-huh. And then the back, you can do a lot. And um, so I, I like to call them trifectas. So as bottle shops are showing you the back label all the time. <laughs> right? be, yeah, because it's the it's story. They want to show you the yeah, story yeah. first. Yeah. It's the cover, and then you open up the cover. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. fun. Yeah, exactly, which I didn't understand either until yeah. I got in. Um, uh, but we call them the trifecta. You know, you got a, um, a good good juice in the bottle. Mm-hmm. That's that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, good story, and then have a good label. Because yeah. you know, raise your hand if you've ever label shopped. Oh yeah, I mean, like, oh, for sure. I, I still Absolutely. do it at times, yeah. and, and yeah. all over the place. Just did Costco last space. night. Yeah. You know, well, especially the microbrew beer now. I yeah. mean, it's yeah, it's, uh, so it's twenty much. years ago. It was Fat Tire and Sierra Nevada. Now it's. Uh, every things. door in the thing, except there's one door that has like the 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 Miller and mm-hmm. uh, right, right. LA, you know whatever. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, and I, I man, I that's where I label shop now is beer. Um, yeah. But I think it's important to have um, an important label. So for me, my original 
source. Um, I found some beautiful Syrah right yeah. there in the, um, just in the East Bay area, then the yeah. Delta, uh, just uh, southwest of Sacramento and Clarksburg, um, some beautiful Syrah. Um, a friend who's a winemaker at a place in Napa, they were sourcing some Tempranillo from this vineyard and beautiful fruit, beautiful wine. And so for there, I was like, well, the quality off the vineyard is really good, I, I know. So um check through and then made the decision and bought some fruit. And, um, so since literally I can hit a pitching wedge into the Sacramento river from the vineyard, like it is on the river and, um, I'm a whitewater guide. So I was like, okay, this is going to be my river runner red. This yeah. is my wine. I want to get this to river communities yeah. and places. Yeah. And you know, I've, cause I've drank a lot of really cheap, basic wine in bags. Yeah. On a because river corridor in yeah. the most beautiful places in the yeah. world, slapping some slapping yeah. some Franzia and, and it's, crushing some Boda box. It, that totally yeah. has happened, man. Yeah, and, but because you can't get glass in some of these places, right. I don't mm -hmm. know how many people get so excited about this hundred fifty dollar, two hundred dollar bottle of bourbon they want to bring on this four day river trip, and I got to walk up to them with a bottle, a thing, a roll of duct tape, like okay. Tape it up, man. Yeah. Or dump it into a Nalgene or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. They can't. That's an inflatable raft, man. I can't. I don't yeah. Glass is not yeah. a friend right now. Yeah. So. yeah. They're like, but it's such a cool bottle. Like, don't care. Who cares? Like, yeah. yeah. So the the potency, and and I think eventually I would love to get that wine to. Um, sell a bunch of it in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. That'd be cool. The Sam. You know, give, I want, I want these river guides and river folk to enjoy <laughs> good wine made by, yeah. um, you know, yeah. I made it for them with the mentality for yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Opposed to just something I find. That's so. cool. So it tastes good chilled or right through them. You know, Hell yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. Delicious all time. So. Yeah. What's uh so the cowboy on this one is your a yeah. family member, right? Yep. Yeah. So I have a, uh, that, that River Runner Red, mm -hmm. and I have some more elevated wines with yeah. the ski label. Uh, and, and, uh, but this is um, what I call the local vaquero. Um, this is some random wine that I, you know, just like the dynamics of farming, uh, every harvest is a little different, and sometimes yields can be a little up and their contracts, you know, might not get, um, or might get completely filled, but there might be a, a little more fruit hanging in the vineyard. And, you know, there's an opportunistic aspect where like, oh, well, this guy just dropped this contract. We're beautiful fruit that's not really available because it's, people know it and it's contracted out and, um, no, you could never get that fruit, cause, but it'll pop up available. And, huh. um, so huh. I've had, fall through. Got, interesting. Yeah. And, and I didn't understand that either until I got in the industry and, um, and, you know, and I've, I've gotten my hands on some really beautiful Tempranillo, yeah. uh, Spanish varietal, and some Petite Syrah, too. Yeah. Um, and they're at price points that are, are workable, for sure. And yeah. um, so I can get bottles to people for, you know, the goal is to that, that 20 to $40 range is a really good spot. Uh -huh. It's hard to for almost anyone uh, to buy a bottle of wine that's over $40 that they've never heard of. Fair. You know, it, and, you know people are... It's tough, you yeah. know, because 80% uh, of the wine you're buying out there, you've never got to try. So yeah. you're gambling a little bit, yeah. you know, and if you, that's one of the hard things. It's like, well, I don't know what it's going to be. So you're, you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to risk it. You know, yeah. I might not like it. And so that's some of the hard parts. And um, so I, I know that that's a, a thing. So I want to make a sustainable label that I can supply wines for that yeah. 20 to $40 market yeah. and make it sustainable so I can keep doing it. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the goal there. So with those local vaqueros, um, these small batch wines, um, which very happy with the quality, I was like, man, I don't, where am I going to, 
how am I going to put this? My elevated wines are, you know, I have the ski label on them, the Rutherford Cabernet, the yeah. Canero Syrah. Um, those are famed regions yeah. in the country. Um, and then my, my original Red River Runner Red. Um, and so I was working as a, a cellar worker up on Howe Mountain at O'Shaughnessy Winery. Capio, Sean Capio and Betty O'Shaughnessy, they're amazing people. They do amazing things. And, um, very fun place. I mean, we would, you know, we're using longboards slash barrel keg uh -huh. transporters, you know, throughout <laughs> the caves. And, you know, and Sean Hicapio has skateboards in there in that winery that are older than I am. That's, that's um, awesome. Which is awesome. We'd shoot some blue rock in the back part of the vineyard, you know, away from the vines. And a very good place. And yeah. I learned something from Heidi Barrett. One of the first things I ever learned um, when she's like, um, Nick, making the wine might be the easy part. The dealing with all these people might be the, the hardest part of this, um, getting along with everyone. And, mm -hmm. and so when no egos and everyone meshes well, then you can put 100% of your concentration on quality wine. And mm -hmm. that was wonderful. Now, um, we would have some vineyard crew come in, just a few of them, help on the crush line during harvest. And mm -hmm. um, I would grill burgers, you know, since we raise beef. And yeah. they have beef always in the um, for the crew and us. And, and the vineyard crew would always ask, um, you know, they're like, hey, you, you make money off that, huh? I'm like, well, uh, well, we always have beef. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, the uh, analogist at the time, so the analogist is the guy who's kind of running the lab and making sure all our numbers and chemistry is, is sound. And um, when uh, Orlando Preciado, who's going to be the head winemaker, I think, here at Schaefer soon, um, he's like, Nick, you know, uh, you know what they call you, right? The venue crew? I'm like, oh. No, not at all. You're a local vaquero. Like, I'm the crazy cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> I've had worse nicknames than that. Yeah, so, that's, that's uh, a good yeah, nickname. I thought that, that was pretty good. Um, so uh, That's really cool, actually. On this on this bottle um, is my Uncle Dean. Now, my Uncle Dean, so we're from western Nebraska there. Uh, he was a farrier, um, just like my dad, who took a semester out of K-State vet school. Um, he went up to Montana State to Bozeman, went to the horseshoeing school, you know, like uh, learned that. So my Uncle Dean went and did that, too. And uh, he was a poet and an artist. And... Uh, my family's pretty medical and science based and uh so um you know he'd be in the kind of you know introvert a little bit in the corner kind of like in his drawn in his book and um so uh uh this is a photo of him in 1979 in a rodeo in Hyannis, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. um, still, still, there's still a rodeo in Hyannis. Hell yeah, there it's is. It's a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. So a good photo of him back there in '79. Yeah, that's now awesome. uh, Uncle Dean uh, was unfortunately killed in '91, I think, uh, in Gordon, Nebraska, yeah. in a rodeo. Big, yeah. um, went over the front and ended up getting stepped on and oh, um, and. Yeah. Uh, it, we saw him six weeks earlier at his wedding, so I hope you live forever. But I, I hope you, you know, go when you're doing something you love, yeah. your passion. Yeah, so, right. yeah. Um, now, I uh, did this first bottling and labeling, and the next one I think I'm going to put some of his artwork on there. Oh too. yeah, because sure. you know That'd get him cool. published, get his artwork out there. Thirty yeah. years after, like, it's, that's cool. And he was, he was very good too. Like yeah. I wish I could do that. I'm like I said, you know, I, I could. Was he a sketch guy or was he a Oh, yeah, just kind of a sketch, sketch artist. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. A lot of cowboy-based stuff. Yeah, and, love that. You know, he was a really good poet, too. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, have, I struggle with stick people, you know. Like, I, I, <laughs> Same. I'm i not yeah. an artist that yeah. way. Um, but yeah. uh, um, so that, I think it's, uh, you know, it, it's a good story. Yeah, it sure. is. That's For awesome. I think that's a, kind of a cool story to wrap it up on. Any I, final thoughts? One last question. Yeah. Sorry, we're kind of – but yeah. uh, before we wrap it up. 
dive in a little bit of the psyche because you took a flyer, went and did school at uh, uh, golf scholarship, and then walked, you know, did the soccer thing. Ventured out to Colorado, went to school again, and then you did um, started going to some, I would say, some more riskier professions. You know, you're a whitewater raft guide, which yeah, means true. you made plenty of trips down the water before you even became a guide, and then also uh, ski patrol. You know, there's some dice situations up there. You know, what did that do? And then you took this major risk of opening up a label, going out to Napa, being a yeah. Nebraska kid. Well, I'll talk about the psyche of like, you know, gaining. Did any of that have? Uh, an element of relevance in terms of your confidence to be like, you know, I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to bet on me. I've been doing this. How, how I think just that? like a lot of things, uh, the more you do something, the more confident and comfortable yeah. you get okay. in it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I have always, you know, had a passion for the mountains. Yeah. Um, when I, you know, just, just, we all get those random ski trips from the yeah. West out there and you're like, Oh my God, look at these things. Yeah. You know, and my grandma always say, that's where God lives. Yeah. Like you might be right, Grandma. Um, mm -hmm. So I uh, had a passion, went out there, and um, was very in. Uh, I went out there for science. You know, that's what my passion was, and yeah. I got to do a lot of EPA, BLM, geological survey work, a lot of reclamation science. We're yeah. fixing mine waste. I loved all that work. There's ruined land that you can't even walk on. Your legs are burned. The pH of the soil is 3.1, 3.2. It's so we were fixing that land, capping it, getting plants to grow again, birds, bugs to oh, come that's back. Super cool. cool. Love that work. None of that matters in a recession. So yeah. that oh, we lost all of our <laughs> yeah. we lost all of our so careers. Yeah. You know, and I cried for a day, and it was like I should have been. An accountant or something, job security <laughs> man. Nothing against that work. It's yeah. great work, but uh, yeah. um, so I had to get creative, and I had a second uh, degree out there from that college um, that I picked up. Um, I was out there, and you know, like I was doing physical geology and like soil science classes, and all my friends were going to like ice climbing and yeah. ocean kayaking. I'm like, what is? What? Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I was, you know, doing natural resource management degree scenarios and they were doing outdoor recreational leadership ah. degree. One of the one of the top degree uh, for guiding in the country, I think, besides Prescott. Wow. And um huh. Very high end. Some of the some amazing professors, people who established Knowles and Outward Bound. Yeah, like these are these are Big these deal. are wonderful leaders. Yeah, and um, uh, so I was like, well, I'm, I just didn't petition to graduate, so I kept my in state, got my Pell grants and all that. So I, I got a free degree pretty much. Oh, that's and, sweet. Which was I thought where it was smart. Like, Worked out, and then I got to go do all these things, and so I got my guide kind of training and certs. And um, uh, so when all those jobs dropped out, um, I was able to uh, um, lean on that other degree. So I went and got a job as a as a whitewater guide there on the Arkansas yeah. River in, in Colorado, and um, worked for a great company called River Runners, and mm -hmm. um, uh, ended up uh, working at their other big um, wine. Uh, River Company they had at the time out in Dinosaur National Monument, so out in the northwest corner of Colorado into Utah. Uh -huh. So the Green River coming out Beautiful. of Wyoming and the Yampa coming out of Steamboat. It's like a mini Grand Canyon, and uh -huh. that was amazing to do multi-day river trips. So I love that. That's I was guiding for about, I think, six years commercially. Wow. Um, loved cool. it. And, Seems uh, like a fun time period. It was a great part of life, but yeah. I was also doing wine then too. Yeah. And, you know, in the ski industry. So I was, you know, I was doing taxes in like three, four states a year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was seasonally transiently moving. And yeah. I think you build confidence and you get comfortable with this, this thing and seasonal aspect and, uh, wine ended up winning out, you know, that's part awesome. two yeah. became a passion, a little more sustainability too. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of, you know, you get comfortable 
in that environment. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I didn't. I did some ski patrol. I had my um, wilderness first responders, so I would be a couple times a ski cooper put on as yeah. you know backup ski patrol. Couldn't be a primary, but yeah. I'd go help. I pretty much just moved uh, pads on posts, uh-huh. you know, pull them up and pack yeah. them down. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I'm getting paid to ski around. This is hilarious. Yeah, right? yeah. Awesome. Okay, fine. And awesome. very wonderful place. And yeah. a lot of respect for those yeah. amazing people at Ski Cooper. And, That's awesome. But I worked on their backcountry ski tours there too, yeah. um, which was great. I get to make wine in Napa. That was the best job I'll ever have in my life. Yeah. yeah I was working awesome. as a cat guide. You know, yeah, so that was cool. wonderful. So I think, I think being comfortable and staying calm oh, yeah. in dynamic environments that you learn in your mm-hmm. medical training, you learn in some of the sky training, yeah, I think makes sense, yeah. helps in wine because you can't, you can't be too dramatic and too like quick. Oh no, we gotta, we gotta fix this. Yeah. You know, yeah. those, those really high end winemakers are like, Nick, wine, best thing to do is not touch it. It's alive and moving and yeah. just, just you're, you're a shepherd. Yeah. You know, if you don't, you don't need to do anything. Don't, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and that wine, we'll go try that wine. Let's go back in three months out of the barrel. Let's try it again. It's different. Yeah. This keeps on moving too. You're That's alive. Cool. You're a different human than you were yeah. a year ago. Wine is too. It's living and moving. So That's a great lesson. Yeah, That's yeah. awesome, man. Thanks for sharing that. I didn't mean to keep us a little longer, but uh, yeah. Nick. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Oh, this it was fun. Awesome. Yeah. I love being able to get uh, these wines here in yes. this community. This is important to me. Well, we'll definitely put it on our uh, website and our link here for everybody to be able to definitely. get uh, in touch with you and also be able to purchase some of this awesome stuff. And I've had this. This juice is good. Uh, I enjoyed um, every. We tried every bottle that you had, and it was awesome. Hell yeah. Uh, so you will not be let down. And um, if you have any more questions, you'll be able to know how to find them after I'm going to put this up on the, uh, on yep. the podcast. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Thanks for your time. Thank yep. you, guys. Peace, yep. guys. Thanks, guys.